is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. We're you two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Monday, September 12th. We're very sorry. We promised you guys an episode either Saturday or Sunday for the AFC win totals episode, but we're getting it out today. Don't worry, though. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I was going to come on here and say that I made my win totals document and all my predictions. I was going to say that I made those on Saturday when I actually made them today because I, I had a super busy weekend and so did Matt. And so that turned into making them today, but I was going to say that I made them Saturday. I'm going to be honest. I made them today, but I did not take in yesterday's games into account. So basically, for example... I had I have the Bengals beating the Steelers right in my in my win totals right now, but the Steelers beat the Bengals yesterday. So I still stayed true to my what my predictions would have been if I had made these win totals before yesterday's games happened. I didn't take those games into account. I literally just sat there and ignored the score and whoever won. And I just picked who I think would win in that situation because I thought that the Bengals would win that game. So that's that. Also, little disclaimer on how we're going to be doing things from here on out. It'll probably be more like a Monday, Thursday type of deal rather than a Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday type of deal. We're going to be doing our two episodes per week during the actual week, you know, during the the work week or whatever you want to call it, because we've realized that weekends just they never really seem to work out for either of us. If one of us is busy, the other is not busy and vice versa, or we're just both busy. So that's how we're going to be doing it from now on. We're going to be doing weekdays because those are the days that we have a schedule and we have a lot of time for this podcast after our school and work days and everything like that. So that's where we're going to be going from here. I've got Matt on the other end here, Matt, what's up with you? Yeah, we um, kind of dropped the ball a little bit, but we're, we're here when it matters and talking about football. Okay, because that's really what matters. It was a crazy weekend of football. As Hayden said, though, we're going to do win totals today for the AFC. Uh, and then maybe even throw in a little, little, little Super Bowl prediction at the end here. Just kind of wrap things up real quick here. And then Thursday or, well, yeah, either Wednesday night or Thursday night, kind of depends on when we actually record, uh, will be kind of the review of the weekend that was. So, you know, college football week two, NFL week one some formula one, some golf thrown in there. You guys know how we do it. And that way we'll kind of get back on a schedule there because I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about it. I kind of brought it up too. I'm like, we were last year, we were recording on Saturday mornings, which is, is kind of fun for us because it's kind of just, you know, we knock it out, we get it out of the way, we watch a bunch of football. Then we come back on Tuesday, we regroup. Right. But thinking about it in terms of the audience, it's kind of like, if we record on Tuesday night, you're not getting it till Wednesday. And I guess that's halfway through the week and we're kind of going over what happened during the weekend. But by that time, you kind of already listened to everything that you're going to listen to or read everything that you're already going to read. And then on a Saturday afternoon and a podcast drops, but you're a big football fan, you're not going to really want to be listening to the podcast when you, when you got football on. So we're going to switch up the schedule a little bit. Hopefully it'll, it'll, well, it'll work better for us recording wise, staying on a, a schedule like that, but also you know, just kind of when it pops up in your feed will be more adjusted throughout the week as well to hopefully kind of a lot for the, uh, you know, the rollover and, and just being able to listen to us more, which is what we all want to do. Uh, well, no, everybody wants to listen to me and not Hayden. So let, let's, nah. let's leave it at that. Mm-mm. No, that's uh, I, I, I would hazard to guess that there are people out there that want to listen to me as well. 
if not, that's okay. I don't, you know, I'm still on here grinding. Anyway, we're going to do the same sort of format for this episode that we did last episode. If you didn't listen to last episode, essentially what we're going to do here is just go AFC East, AFC West, AFC North, AFC South. We're just going to go by division in the AFC and we're going to give our prediction for all 16 total teams, all four teams in each division and the way we ordered each division and the way we ordered each team in their respective division is we go top down. So we go the most projected win totals at the top of their division and then all the way down to the least projected win totals in that division. And yeah, that's how we're going to do it today. We actually, uh, the, well, the way I set it up, because I, I set up this AFC one, Matt set up the NFC one, but he did AFC, he did NFC East, West, North, then South. And so I kind of did the same thing, starting off with AFC East, then West, then North and South. So yeah, to get right into it, let's let's head into the AFC East. So the first team, obviously, the team that's projected to win the Super Bowl by most and obviously has one of the biggest win total projections is the Bills, the Buffalo Bills. Now, if you guys didn't listen to the last episode. The way I do it is I look at every single schedule of every team and I pick out which games they're going to win and which games they're going to lose. And that's just based off what I think is going to happen. And then I give a couple key games here and there that I think are going to be key or that I think can kind of go either way. And that can switch up the win total a little bit. And then we're going to obviously give an over under compared to what the projected win total line is at from that you know that's given by vegas so first up for the bills the projected win total is 11 and a half and i've got the bills going 13 and 4 i think 11 and a half is is pretty low they do have a little bit of a tough schedule but we i mean i don't want to base my (laughs) my predictions for the bills based off of what they did to the rams on thursday but they absolutely handled them um, and I, I think that even if they hadn't handled the Rams that way, I still would have I still would have gone at least 12 and five with the Bills. I, I got them at 13 and four right now. Some key games that I have for them are uh, they're t- I think they're going to take both over the Patriots and the Jets in that division. I think they're going to split with uh, with Miami, which is a, a pretty interesting, pretty interesting take. I think that Miami, when they're at home, they can beat almost anybody. It's, it's crazy. I mean, they the Patriots, even when Tom Brady was was with the Patriots. The Patriots would always struggle in Miami. And we know that Tom Brady won six Super Bowls with the Patriots. So I think Miami is always a tough one to beat in Miami. I think Miami will take that game against the Bills at home. But another, um, another, another, you know, some more key games I have. Miami and Baltimore, week three and week four, I could see them dropping one of those. And I think it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be Miami. I, I don't know if that game is, is the home one, but I think they're going to drop the, the home one to Miami or the one that is in Miami. And then they, I also have them losing at Kansas city in week six because Kansas city is Kansas city. And when they're at home, Andy Reid just has a special sauce. So I'm going to go with, with 13 and four, the over for the bills. I'm also going to take the over it's, it's, it's kind of the trendy pick. Everybody keeps saying it. They're the best team in the NFL. 
they are. I, you know, they are. They proved it, I think, every see. At the end of last year, it was tough because you had that Chiefs game that was crazy and they didn't even get a chance to, uh, you know, to, to, to have the ball in overtime because they probably would have won because every team that got the ball in that game was going to score and win. And then I would have liked the Bills' chance against Cincinnati in that AFC Championship last year uh, as well in the Super Bowl over the Rams, as we just saw the Super Bowl rematch, well, potential Super Bowl rematch of this Thursday night game to open the season. They, you know, they absolutely crushed them. So, and you got to think about too, you know, the most impressive part about that game was it was 10 to 10 at halftime and the Bills win the game 31 to 10. Okay, so the Rams didn't even score in the second half and the Bills scored three touchdowns. So you can really see kind of the strength of the team based on, you know, how they came out swinging. They were, you know, they were up, uh, got, you know, tied up and then and then made some adjustments at halftime and, and really pulled it out from there. So, yeah, they have all the pieces. They have a quarterback. They have weapons. You know, Gabe Davis, I mentioned him as one of my fantasy sleepers. He went off, you know, in that, in that game. And I think that, you know, obviously the Rams have have a really talented team. I just think that, you know, they didn't play any of their players in the preseason. You know, they, you come out, you look you look a little wary. And obviously Matt Stafford had his, you know, had his elbow thing. But we're not talking about the Rams right now. We're talking about the Bills. They're the Super Bowl favorites. Josh Allen's the Super Bowl for the MVP, you know, the favorite to win the MVP. So clearly, yes, you know, this team is 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 the best in the league. But where I worry a little bit is going back to last year, you had a couple times where – it just didn't seem like they had it all together. You think about that loss to the Jaguars. It was nine to six. That was the final score. Uh, like, come on. And that Jaguars team, they went two and 15 and they didn't score a touchdown against them. Right. And so obviously, yes, this team is better, but games like that, you know, you're going to have to avoid if you're the best team in the NFL. Now, obviously they still went 12 and five last year. If they can have a couple of those games and still win the bigger games on their schedule, then fine. But I think, you know, kind of the, 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 the small inconsistencies combined with the fact that all the pressure is on them. You, you really, you know, that, that does a lot of stuff or that, you know, can have a really big impact when the team that you're playing knows that you're the best in the NFL. You're going to get their best shot, especially for teams that know that they probably won't make the playoffs, right? Like the Jaguars last year. So they're going to run into a little bit of that, but I mean, if the window was 11 and a half and they won 12 last year and they come back this year and they're even better and they're considered the best team in the NFL, I mean, they have to go over 11 and a half. Yeah, I think that's a perfect assessment of, of the Bills there. And right, they've got a lot of pressure on them, but they are objectively the best team in the NFL right now. So moving on to the Dolphins here. Dolphins are projected 10, no, sorry, nine wins this year. That's the that's the that's the line that we've got here. And I think it's a pretty interesting line. Actually, something that I ran into two twice uh while doing this this AFC win total thing is the phenomenon of picking all the games and having a record for them and it turning out to be exactly what the win total is. So I have the the Dolphins going nine and eight last episode, the NFC episode. I'm, I didn't even notice that this, that this could have happened and it didn't, but I didn't have one team that went exactly at their win total. I, it was either under or over every single win total. And so for this one, for the Dolphins, it's my first push, I guess that I have, I have them going nine and eight, but for the sake of going over or under here, because that's, that's the object of, of, of this episode. I think it's going to be more likely over nine wins. And here's the reason why some key games I have are them losing to both the Vikings and the Browns, but I could see them picking up a, a win against either of those teams. So that's kind of a reason why I say it's more likely that they go over. I think they could very well beat the Vikings or the Browns because the Dolphins 
with just with that offense, they've got a very explosive offense. They've they've obviously got tendencies to kind of just go off whenever. And with all that speed on that offense, it's just you can never really predict when they're gonna be bad and when they're gonna when they're gonna go off. It's it's almost impossible to cover that kind of speed, or it's it's impossible to plan for that kind of speed. And so even if defenses are prepared, sometimes I feel like they're the dolphins will just go crazy on offense. And also their defense. We saw what they did to the Patriots yesterday, and it was just absolutely horrendous to me, but it was uh, very good for my fantasy team. But, yeah, and then I also had them sweeping the Patriots and the Jets and then going one and one with the Bills. So I think that they're going to win five division games here, which will be very key. I have them winning at home against the Bills. I don't really know why. I, I Again, I think that, as I said for the Bills, Miami is very good at home for whatever reason, and they always have been. So I think that they're going to pick one up against the Bills. I think that going five and six in the division is is super, super key to their success this year. And so I'm, I'm taking the more likely over, but I'm predicting them nine and eight. This is a tough one. And I think, you know, Hayden really outlined that well by saying that it looks like they're going to kind of end up with the push here. Nine and eight is a winning season. That's an improvement over what they've you know seen for the last however many years now. But you know, right? Can they go to ten and seven? Do you really see a Dolphins team go ten and seven, or are they more likely to go eight and nine? Because I haven't seen much from this team that will actually prove to me that they can do it. They can have a season and go ten and seven. I'm going to have to take the under on this. I, I don't. Again, I think Hayden's probably right. It's going to land right around that nine, uh, you know, nine and eight type of type of record. But nobody on that team has success with winning, except for Tyreek Hill. But he's a receiver, and he can only you know go based on how well Tua plays, how well the offense is coached, and so that's where I want to kind of continue here is the offensive coaching. Their head coach is Mike McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator with the foul or sorry, the 49ers for the past, however many, well, I guess probably three or four years, but I mean, think about it. The two out of those four years, the, you know, the 49ers, well, two, I guess two out of the last three years, 49ers got to the, AF, the NFC championship and that offense, despite what we saw with how, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the best quarterback. They still win, right? So the way that that offense is designed, and obviously it's more so Kyle Shanahan's offense, but he was, you know, there and he was calling the plays, but Mike McDaniel was the offensive coordinator. So he knows that offense. And he's bringing it over to Miami. And so we saw that yesterday a little bit. And again, I don't like kind of agree with Hayden here. We don't want to get into too much of just breaking down the film, but it's an offense which is designed to not have great quarterback play, but still get results. Just, you know, the angles that they take, the way that the, the, the way that the offensive line is blocking, you don't need great players to still be, you know, productive in this sort of, you know, run heavy ish, uh, you know, moving the ball type of offense. And, and if you, you know, play sound defense, which the Dolphins have had a good defense ever since, you know, Brian Flores was still there. So that's not really an issue, but again, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, and especially when it comes down to really, you know, who's going to get you the wins, it's going to be the quarterback. And Tua just hasn't shown me enough. I think he has talent. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's getting better, right? I mean, more years in the NFL, you're not going to get worse. You're, you're going to learn things. You're going to get more experience, but he always has the injury and concerns as well, right? I don't, I don't think he's finished a season or played, you know, a full season yet this, uh, you know, yet during his career. And so, yeah, he has the weapons. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they look great. And and again, if he can just kind of sit back there and be a game manager, and that's all I need him to do, and they can have a successful team, then fine. But I think it's going to take a little bit more, especially when your division, yes, I know the Patriots are going to be a little bit worse, and we'll talk about them next year. Um, but your division is a little bit tough, obviously, with the Bills, and then, you know, kind of the rest of their schedule, you're also playing the AFC, right? So 
I don't know. I think that it's just, it, it's one of those things. It's almost kind of just, you know, you, you always expect the Dolphins to have a losing record. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, but I, I just, you know, until they go set 10 and seven, I'm not going to pick them to go seven and seven. So I'm going to take the under there. All right. Moving on to the Patriots here. It's my team, baby, but I'm not very high on them this year. And they proved it to me yesterday. I, I thought going into the game that they were going to take that game against Miami. And that's why I have my win total at six and 11 for them. But right now, if I kept true to my win totals for the rest of the season, or if I kept true to my schedule picks for the rest of the season, they would be going five and 12, essentially, because they lost to the to the Dolphins yesterday. I thought that they were going to split with the Dolphins, but they just absolutely pooped the bed against the Dolphins yesterday. So their win total is at eight and a half. I think that's pretty steep. I think a lot of I don't know what it is. I don't know. Can you even bet on win totals after the first game or no? I, you haven't been able to in the past, but it's it's one of those things that I think you probably can, or you probably could have last year. And it's one of those things that because betting is just sports betting is just becoming so like mainstream, they're they're probably going to adjust these markets and yeah. be able to you know you'll be able to across the course of the season um, might take until like the middle of the week after the team plays in order for the numbers to be updated and you know their projections and whatnot. But yeah, I mean you know as we're talking about it, these these totals might be different when they come out and, and you're able to actually put some money on them. Right. So I've got the Patriots at six and eleven, so pretty heavy under compared to that eight point five projection. Couple of key games I've I have for them. I've got them going 0-4 through the first four games. I've got them winning in, Cle- in Cleveland in week six, which could also go the other way. I could definitely see that. But I just think that Cleveland is is a little bit shaky right now, especially with Jacoby Brissett at, at quarterback. And that win over – or that, that game against the um, the Panthers yesterday was was not a very good showing for the Cleveland Browns. So I have them winning in Cleveland in week six. And – Another note that I have about their schedule is that they just have a really, really tough final six games. They have two games, both games against the Bills in their final six games. And then the other four games are against the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Dolphins. And I think it, I think they're playing away in three of those final six games. So I have them losing, I think, every single one of their last six games. So that's uh that that's that. And Matt, take it away. I kind of have to agree with you here. Um Again, it's a Bill Belichick coach team. So at the end of the day, what are we really thinking, right? But you you kind of you we've we're seeing the pieces slowly fall away. Tom Brady was the first one to go, and he left last year. Well, he left a few years ago, um, but they kind of finally got a quarterback last year, and they had a winning record. They were in. The, people forget the, the Patriots were in the playoffs last year. Now they got beat by thirty in the first round by the Bills, but they were in the playoffs, right? And so it was still that kind of thing where it's like the legend Tom Brady leaves and they still make the playoffs because of Bill Belichick's coaching. But now we see the second piece of the puzzle fall and that's Josh McDaniels who becomes the coach, the head coach of the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders. And he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. I mean, I think he was just a little bit underrated because of how long he was with Bill Belichick, but you got to remember, I mean, this guy was a head coach for the Broncos and they were okay during his tenure there, but he was also very young. Still, he went back to the Patriots, spent another 10 years there. One other, no one ever like four Super Bowls, And now he's, yeah, you know, now he's trying out as head coach again. And so I think that, after all this time and losing so many pieces, it, it's kind of finally, the Patriots are kind of finally at that point where it's just, it's just not the same as it was before. And they don't have the piece. I mean, we saw again, not to bring it up too much, but the you know game of yesterday against the dolphins, like 
it, it was like watching molasses trying to, you know, these, this offense was trying its hardest on every single down. And it just looked like the yards were so hard to gain. So give me the under on the Patriots. I don't think it's going to be a crazy, you know, five and 12 type of deal, but they just don't have the skill positions to be able to make up for the loss in star power, obviously Tom Brady, but also brain power on the coaching side and Josh McDaniels. I think this is going to be definitely kind of a, a you know, a, a revelation period for the Patriots and maybe even kind of going into a rebuilding session. All righty, moving on to the Jets here. The Jets win total is set at five and a half. So pretty, pretty low for them. I mean, as usual, Zach Wilson isn't even playing right now. So yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're struggling a little bit here and, and, uh, for the Jets, but I do have them going under five and a half. That being said, I have them at four and 13 this year. Some key games I have for them is I would have had them losing to the Steelers, but now they might win that game, but I still pick them losing to the Steelers. Like I said, I'm not going to change my win totals today because of the games that happened yesterday. And because TJ Watt, um, I think he like partially tore his peck and then Najee Harris, he, he's probably going to be back for next game. I, that's what I heard, but he might still struggle with injuries uh, across the whole year, sadly enough, because, but that's what I've heard. So I would have had them losing to the Steelers, but they might win that game now. But again, I still didn't factor that into my win total. I have the Seahawks and the lions winning against them, but I have them losing to the Jags uh, in, in week 16, I believe. So that's just a little little overview of some games for them there. I mean, they could take like the Lions, Jags, and Seahawks. If there's three teams that they could take a game against, it's probably them. I also have them winning a game against the Patriots uh, at home. So so that would be another win added to their total. But I think I still think that five and a half is a little bit too steep here. Matt, what do you think? Yes, I completely agree. I mean, the, the Jets are not going to win six games. There, it's it's I it's ridiculous to think that they are, and. I think all of this started, all of this hype started. This actually, this number was six, in which case, if you put the over, the Jets have to go seven and 10. That's not going to happen. And the reason it was at six before was right after the draft, right? Because remember, in the draft, they had three first round picks. They killed it on their first round picks. The Jets are going to be so good. They're going to invent all these new players. Okay, great. But that's not going to turn into anything right away. Those players are going to have to develop. And so it's, you, you're kind of left with whatever the heck you have from last year, which was a terrible team, and it's not gotten better, you know? And so that's kind of where I'm coming at from this. And, and Hayden obviously did a great job of kind of outlining just their schedule is, is does not line up for them either. And I think that people want Russell Wilson to be good. They want, you know, Joe Flacco, who for somehow is, is still playing, think that it's possible, but, but we saw it against the Ravens. It's, it's not, it's not going to work like that. And so, because the offensive line is, is hurt, right? Like they're not going to be that much better. The defense is okay. Probably better than I, better than I thought, but again, they, they have a tough schedule and they're one of the softest teams in the league. So we're at this point where, you know, every year we see that multiple teams have just two and three wins, right? And then we get to the win totals for the upcoming year and the lowest win total on the board, it, you know, is basically tied between the Texans and the Falcons for four and a half. If, I mean, I think five teams went under that last year. That's going to happen this year too. And so I think that obviously the betting market is, is suggesting a number like five and a half because they think that the teams are going to do well, uh, or at least people are going to be betting on them to do well. When in reality, like six and 11 would be a really good season for the Jets. But if they went three and three and 14, 
would anybody be like, wow, that's so surprising? No. And that's two and a half wins under what they have right now. So I just think that they didn't do anything different from a team that was bad last year. Maybe in a few years when those draft prospects have time to grow and, and, and actually kind of get better and have experience in the NFL, then yeah, maybe. But, you know, right. Hayden t- said too, with Zach Wilson out, you don't know how long. And when he comes back, he, he wasn't even that great last year. It's going to take some time, but the Jets are not going to win over five and a half games this year. All right, moving on to the AFC West. So the first team up we have here is is the Chiefs, and the Chiefs' win total projection is at ten and a half, and I've got them going twelve and five. So I'm I'm taking the over here. One phenomenon that I have for this division in particular, and I actually have it for another division, the next division that we're going over, and it's that I have every team in this division. I have them splitting the two games with each other, so I don't have any any team in this division losing both division divisional games against another divisional opponent or winning any two games over another, another, another divisional opponent. I all have them going three and three in the division. So I have that obviously for, for the chiefs and some more key games that I have are, I have them winning at Tampa. I mentioned this in my, in the last episode, I mentioned that Tampa, I think was going to lose in Tampa against the chiefs. So I have the chiefs winning at Tampa Bay in week four. And I ultimately have the chiefs starting the season nine and oh, I, I kind of realized this after I, I picked the games, but I have them starting nine and zero because the beginning of their season is actually pretty easy, which also means that they will have a win over Buffalo at home in Kansas city as well in week six. Um, but then I think that their, that their loss or like their first big loss comes against the Rams in week 12. I think they're going to start off really hot, but the end of their season is, is definitely the harder part of their season. So I think they will be Buffalo. They, I mean, last time we saw that game, it was an absolute shootout. And I forget where, I, I guess it was in, was it in Kansas city or Buffalo that, that playoff game? It was in Kansas city because they had the better record. Um, yeah. But again, it was like Buffalo They should have won that game. They left 13 seconds on the clock and that yeah. was enough for yeah. Mahomes to send it to overtime, you know? Right. So I, I have the, the Chiefs winning this regular season one again. If it was in the playoffs, it might be a different story, but I do have them going nine and notice off the season. But the end of their season is definitely going to be definitely going to be tough. I have them going 12 and five. So I'm taking the over. I'm going to also go with the over again. It's kind of we I mean, we agree on a lot of these teams, but it, it's a, it's again, it's one of those things that, like I just said, the lowest win total on the board is four and a half. And we see multiple teams go under that every year. The highest win total on the board is 11 and a half. And we see multiple teams go over that every year. And I think the chiefs are just, I mean, I, I could talk for literally 10 minutes just about the chiefs here on this, on this over. Everybody just assumes that because you lose, you lose Tyreek Hill, you know, the team's going to be so much worse. No. Okay. We have to remember that it's Patrick Mahomes who makes the off and Andy Reid technically who's, you know, calling the plays. They make this team good. It's not just one guy, one fast guy on the outside who, yes, he provides you more options. He will score more points. Like your team will score more points if he's a part of it. But he's not the reason that the Chiefs are good. And so it's a combination of losing Tyreek Hill and the rest of the division really pumping itself up and adding pieces and looking like they're going to be very, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a very, it's, it is the best division in football. It's going to be very competitive, okay? But the Chiefs have not changed that much. They lost their best, you know, weapon on offense. But again, they're not really because their best weapon on offense is Patrick Mahomes. And so he finds people and he makes it work. We saw it. I mean, Juju Smith-Susher had like six catches for 80 yards, right? And and that's like 
as good of a stat line as Tyreek Hill would have had in, in some of his games, right? So, you know, I don't think that there's any huge difference there. Um, the Chiefs are the same team that they have been for the past, you know, four or five years ever since Patrick Mahomes started and, you know, has been has been kind of taking the league by storm here. And so it they're going to drop a few along the way just because, as Hayden mentioned, the division is tough. And they do have a tough schedule outside of that too, you know, facing the Bills and, and the Bengals and stuff. So they have a relatively tough schedule and it's because they were, you know, they won the division last year, but they're going to win the division this year again, because everything else from all the other teams in this division. And again, we're going to kind of talk about them here coming up, but it's just hype, right? It's just hype. So that's why I'm going to go over on the chiefs here. And we're kind of, kind of, I guess, go through the rest of the division here to kind of see where things can balance out if so, but give me the over 11 and a half on the chiefs. Was it 10 and a half. Yeah. I'll fly in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the next team is Chargers here, and they are projected to win 10 games. So I've got the Chargers at 12 and 5 as well. I've got them going over on this. I, I honestly don't really know. I guess the reason why some of these teams seem, seem like they're so low, especially in the AFC West, is because their division is so tough, and that it's because like no, just nobody knows what's going to happen in that division. So that's almost why I went 1-1, one and, one, and that's why I have every team in the AFC West splitting games against their divisional opponents just because I I literally have no idea what's going to happen like I I don't know which team is going to win twice over another team and if it's going to happen so I kind of just went one and one just to give everybody the benefit benefit of the doubt but yeah so that means I have them going over if I have them going 12 and 5 some key games I have here are I have them losing at San Francisco in week 10 which is a little bit of a of a I guess hot take now because San Francisco didn't look too good in that first game. And if Elijah Mitchell is still kind of struggling with injuries, we saw Debo get a lot of handoffs yesterday and he took a lot of the workload of the running workload when Elijah Mitchell got hurt, but they need to, I don't even know who that, who that back. Yeah. Well backup, I guess, or second string running back is in, in San Francisco. I mean, I know Debo runs a lot too, but I think it's number 22. I don't even know his name, but he, are you going to say yeah, I think it's I think it's Jeff Wilson who was like one of their running backs from like a few years ago who I mean all the running backs have gotten hurt you know recently as Hayden's kind of mentioned in there yeah I think it's Jeff Wilson because Raheem Mostert's on the Dolphins now uh yeah. Elijah Mitchell obviously went down so but again it's one of those things that like with Kyle Shanahan's offense the way that he runs it it doesn't really matter who's running they just have to have bodies and as long as they do they're going to be fine yeah so I don't know I, I think that that San Francisco pick over the chargers is, is probably going to prove to be pretty, uh, pretty wrong, but I'm still, I still got faith in it. I don't know. I think the chargers are probably going to let, uh, let one go here, here and there just because they're the chargers. But I also have them being the Rams at home in week 17, but I could also see them dropping that. So maybe take this, take this 12 and five, a little bit lower. I think 12 and five is a little bit op- optimistic. They also have a pretty tough schedule. And again, everybody's hyping up, the, hyping up the Chargers so much, but we've never really seen them do anything when it matters. So that's kind of what I'm going off of. I don't, this year we may see something different just because of that super, super beefed up defense, but their offense is still kind of the same. And so I don't know, I don't know if they're really going to be able to do it when it comes crunch time because they're, they're the Chargers, but yeah, I've still got them going over that 10 and uh, 10 win total at 12 and five. Well, just to go really quick, just go back here on the 49ers again. 
go listen to the NFC win totals podcast. And I explained to you exactly how that 49ers bears game was going to go. And that's exactly what happened. I said, Trey Lance is not an NFL quarterback and that defense is going to struggle. They look good to begin this, to begin the game. And they ended up losing outright to the bears who were one of the worst teams in the NFL. So if the 49ers just had any other quarterback, they would probably be going to the Super Bowl. but they're going to, I guess, have to figure that out on their own. I guess it's only one week, but uh, yeah. Anyway, just like to call my shots when I get them. Uh, also go listen to the podcast because it was a really good one. And the, there's a saying to go back to the chargers here. There's a saying and the saying is the chargers are going to charger, which essentially just means, and that's kind of what Aiden was, was, was summarizing there. They're going to find a way to lose games that they should win. And that usually happens. I thought it was going to happen yesterday against the Raiders, right? I mean, you think it's like a five-point win. They didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. And, you know, you got you got Devontae Adams going off and stuff. And they actually, you know, hang on, hung on to win. Uh, and, and they look good in it. But, yeah, it just is tough to see this team finally take that next step. I mean, even last year at the end of the year, they play the Raiders. The winner goes to the playoffs if they tie both of them go to the playoffs and they still can't get it done. And the Raiders win and the Raiders go to the playoffs instead. And in, I, so I'm treating the chargers as a result, I'm treating the chargers as I treated the dolphins, which is if I can see them make the play again, they have a great team. Their team is stacked weapons. Justin Herbert's one of the best young quarterbacks in the entire league. The defense is great. I mean, they're trading for guy. Khalil Mack had a great game. But, like, if you can't win the games that you're supposed to win, I can't count on you to go over 10 in a win total that's one of the highest in the NFL, right? And especially in the division, that's the toughest in football. So give me the under on the Chargers. I think it's probably going to be – they're probably going to be 10-7, and right? If if not, probably 9-8 and or something. But, again, prove it to me that you can win, that you can go to the playoffs, and that you can actually – you know, play well in a game that you're supposed to play well in, then I might go over on the charges. But until then, I got to go under. All right, moving on to the Broncos here. The Broncos are also at a win total projection of 10. And this is the second team that I have as a push. I have the Broncos going 10 and 7. And on this push, I'm also going to take the more likely over here. And I'll explain why. Again, I have them splitting across the board with the rest of the AFC West. I have them losing to the Colts at home in week five, and I have them also losing in Baltimore in week 13. I also have them losing in Tennessee in week 10. I think a lot of those games could probably go the go their way as well, but I don't know. It's, we haven't seen – like they, they've got a very new team is what I'm trying to say. We haven't seen Russell Wilson in that offense. They they have – who is it? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett as their, as their head coach, and – Right, we haven't we haven't really seen many of the pieces there. I guess the defense is is pretty similar from last year, but we haven't seen a lot of the pieces there, a lot of the new important pieces there that are going to prove to me that they can really go they, they can definitely go over on this. Again, with the games that I have them losing, those kind of, you know, it could go either way games. I think that's more likely over than under, but I'm not very confident in it. I also think that for the Broncos, they might just kind of use their energy up against other AFC West teams, and they might they, that might cause them to lose games against those kind of easier opponents that are out, outside of their division. You could say that for pretty much any team, but I think the Broncos just, you know, they're, they're kind of in that middle pack. They're expected to be good this year, and they're expected to compete in the AFC West, but they might just kind of get intimidated by the the Chiefs and Chargers and even the Raiders in that situation and, um, and kind of 
worry about those teams too much and then kind of, you know, let the ball fall or let the ball drop on those other teams that are outside of their division that they should win against. But I ultimately have them losing those games. So I have it at a push right now, more likely over, but I would, I would say be careful with the over on this one. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt goes, if Matt goes under. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm going under. There's too much hype. There's nothing there that proves that they're going to be even a remotely improved team. Because again, last year, I think they either went five and 12 or six and 11 last year. That's a bad football team. And you think that their win total is going to increase by five just because they added Russell Wilson? I get it. Russell Wilson is worth, you know, three, four wins on it, you know, even more across an NFL season. But again, that is that's back on the Seahawks when the NFC West was bad and, you know, his the defense was amazing and he had great weapons. This year is a little bit different. It's his first year in a new system with also with a first year head coach. So there's a lot of things they're going to have to go right in order for this team to end up going over the win total. I think it's, it's, it wouldn't be a bad thing if the, if the Broncos won eight and nine, right? I mean, that's two wins, another win total, which seems like, oh my gosh, how could they do But that's a, that's an adjustment year. That's the first year with a new quarterback and a new head coach who I think will end up working well together. It's the first year in that system. So fine. You know, they, they might have a couple games where it just doesn't look that great. So speaking of, it's almost the end of the first quarter in the Seahawks game tonight. Seahawks and Broncos are playing one night football and the Seahawks are inside the uh, red zone here. or actually at the seven yard line looking to go up almost 14 to three. So it's one of those things that, you know, maybe they're just going to start out slow and maybe they're not going to be as good as we thought they were, but that's okay. So I don't know. I think that, you know, and, and again, they have, Russell Wilson has, has weapons there, but you have to develop chemistry with those guys. You have to learn how they're going to run the routes. You have to learn the offense, which is a completely new offense than he was playing in Seattle. Right. And I do think Hayden mentioned it too. Like the defense, I think it's, a little bit more credit than they should for being super great, but that's because we're used to the Broncos having good defenses. But that was when Vic Fangio was the coach. Remember, Vic Fangio's one of the best defensive minds in the in all of the NFL, and he was the head coach, so he was really the reason that that defense was so good. And the offense, you know, obviously sputtered because Drew Locke was their quarterback for however many years. So you're not going to succeed with that. And then Teddy Bridgewater, every time he got on the field, he would get hurt. So you're not going to succeed if that's your if that's your quarterback situation. Russell Wilson's an improvement, but the defense is going to not improve or you know regress a little bit i think so give me the under on the broncos but it's not going to be a bad thing i think they can still win a lot of games they're in the toughest division in football and you know if you get eight or nine wins you go under the win total fine but you have hope for the future and at least you have something going into next year too all right let's talk about the raiders now so we've got an eight and a half win total projection i've also got the raiders going 10 and 7 so I mean, this AFC West, I have nobody going below 10 wins, which is which is pretty crazy to think about. But that's just how good I think this division is and how good they're I think they're going to be. Now, some key games I have I have them or I have written down for them right now are I have them losing to the Saints or at the Saints week eight and then also at Pittsburgh week 16. Pittsburgh is I don't know. Pittsburgh is a, is, is a weird team, man. It, it sucks to see T.J. Watt go down with that injury and it sucks to see Najee go down that with that injury. But I think that Pittsburgh is, is, they're one of those teams that can just pull out any game at any point. And I think that the Raiders are kind of, are almost like the chargers in the sense that they, they do lose games that they just should not lose at all. And that's, I think that's probably going to be one of them in week week 16 against the Steelers. This is also the only AFC West team I could see dropping both games to a divisional opponent. So that what I mean by that is obviously, like I said, I have 
all these AFC West teams splitting the divisional games with the three other divisional teams. But the, but the Raiders, I think, are, are really the only uh, team that I can see that would drop a game against – or that would drop both games against the Chargers, the Broncos, or the Chiefs, any one of those teams. Most likely the Chiefs, but we'll see about that. So be careful about this one. I know it, it, I know it, I have their win total at one and a half over what the projection is. But I would just say be careful with this one because eight wins with the Raiders, it doesn't sound unlikely, but I, I do say with all that talent, they should have a winning record at least, but I don't know. You, you never yeah, really know. I, I, yeah, I kind of feel the same. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is tough because I went under on the Chargers and the, and the Broncos too, and this is supposed to be the best division in football. Um, yikes. I, uh, I'm like literally deciding as we talk. I want to go under. I'm going to go under. I think eight and nine is probably a good record. Again, Hayden said it. It's a losing record, but it's up there. It's it's basically, you know, basically 500. You got a new coach, Josh McDaniels. He's a great coach. I've mentioned his name like three times d- at different points in the podcast now. And he's working with Derek Carr, who's a good quarterback and, you know, has been playing there for a while, has a lot of NFL experience. That's important. You get Devontae Adams in there. Amazing weapon. We saw last yesterday, right? His first first game in the, in the you know, the new system in the new city and everything. Thing and he's already balling right that defense has gotten a lot better we you know we, we failed to mention I think that you know a lot of these AFC West teams also booked up on the defensive end so there's things to look up on for this Raiders team but again you got to think about it in terms of the rest of the rest of the division that's six games that they're going to play okay now the rest of the schedule is is what it is it's you know it's a little easy it's a little hard whatever it may be but they're going to be underdogs in essentially every single divisional game that they play simply because if you look at it, all the win totals for the rest of the division are higher than theirs. And so they're going to be underdogs. Like, like yesterday, they were three and a half point underdogs. They lost by five. So to the chargers. And so that's kind of where I'm getting at with this is like, they kind of just have an uphill battle. They're going to have to win more games that they're supposed that they're not supposed to win. And that's tough to do in the NFL, right? In the new system with a new offensive scheme with a, you know, a great new wide receiver. Yes. And new defensive pieces, but all that's going to have to gel. And so I think that them and the Broncos are kind of in the same situation where there's just so many new pieces that it, it'll probably take a year to gel. And I don't think they're going to start off, you know, winning 10 games right off the bat. All right, let's move on to our next division, which is the AFC North. Now, like I said, or like I kind of alluded to when I kind of opened up with the AFC West is I have all of these teams, all of these four AFC North teams, I have them splitting all of their divisional games. So I have each of them winning three games and losing three games inside the division. I'll just preface that so I don't have to go over it later as I go through every single team. So the first team up here is the Bengals, the defending Super Bowl beings or being in the Super Bowl, not the AFC champs. champions, you could say. Yeah, or AFC champions. Yeah, that, that, that was a better one. But Bengals are set at 10 games for their projection. I have them going 11 and six. So I have them taking the over here some key games i have written down are i have them losing at new orleans in week six i new orleans i think you guys probably know my my take on new orleans by now if you listen to last week or last episode again just trying to plug that last last episode but i think new orleans is great this year and uh yeah i have them losing to new orleans in week six i also have them losing at home against the chiefs in week 13 because the chiefs are the chiefs and I, I could just I can just see it now. I can just see the Bengals losing to the Chiefs, even at, even if they're at home. But um, I do have them beating Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. That's another one that Tampa Bay is going to lose in Tampa Bay. I think I, I don't know. I think I think we kind of saw it yesterday against the Cowboys. They did look good against the Cowboys, but in terms of that offense and what we usually see from that offense from Tampa Bay, 
we saw a little bit of a little bit of that falter yesterday in in that Dallas game. So I um I do have the the Bengals, but I had uh, again I had the Bengals beating Tampa either way in Tampa Bay. Um, but I could also see them losing that because Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay, and you got Tom Brady there and, and a great offense and a great defense. So be careful about this one. I am taking kind of the tentative over with the eleven and six record, but I I nonetheless am taking the over. Yeah, I'm going to go under. <laughs> I feel like Hayden's picked every over and I picked every under so far. It's it's tough. It's tough coming off of that Super Bowl run. And again, they were such big underdogs in all the games they played and they made a good run. You know, they, they really did. But I think a lot of things just kind of broke their way and they got there and they competed and they were winning the Super Bowl and then they lost. And so fine. But it, it takes a lot out of you to have a run like that and then come back and win the division and have a winning record and, you know, be, be a high seed going into the playoffs. I think there's going to be somewhat of a Super Bowl hangover. I know that they lost the Super Bowl, but typically teams that lose the Super Bowl don't do well in the regular season the following year. Uh, you know, they improve the offensive line in, over the offseason, which is what they absolutely needed to do because Joe Burrow got his, his face crushed every single game last year, including the playoffs. Um, and he kind of did too yesterday against the Steelers. So, it, you know, we'll kind of have to see how that offensive line ends up working out. Uh, but, but again, you know, they didn't play any of their starters in preseason. So how are you going to expect the offensive line to gel when they don't play together in the preseason? Anyway, uh, so they'll get better over the course of the season. Yeah, fine. But I, I think that they have pretty much the same team as last year, which was a good team, but it was a great team in the playoffs. It wasn't the best team in the regular season. So I don't think that we should be expecting them to all of a sudden win, you know, three or four games more than last year when, you know, it was kind of just, it was kind of just whatever last year. Right. I mean, it it wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Um, I expect more of the same from them this year. So I think 10 is probably a good number. I could easily see this team going 10 and seven. Um, But I think they probably go nine and eight more often than they go 11 and seven. Uh, So I could take the honor of the Bengals. All right, next team up is the Ravens, which they are set at nine and a half wins for their for their win total projection. I've got them going nine and eight, so I'm taking the under on this one. There we finally I'm I'm taking the under. Actually, I took the I took the over slash push on every single one of the AFC West teams. So Matt kind of well, he said that when he started talking about the Bengals, and he he was definitely right about that. But I've got the under for, for the Ravens here. Some key games I have are them losing to Carolina at home week 11. I, I, it's it's kind of weird. I think I think that Baker, the reason I picked this actually is because assuming that Baker Mayfield is still starting for this Carolina team when it comes to week 11, Baker has a lot of experience playing against AFC North teams. And so I think that maybe that'll that'll kind of feed into to that Panthers win there that I have um, coming in week 11 over the Ravens. And then I also have the Ravens beating Denver at home in week 13. That's a pretty big game because that could also go the other way towards Denver. They're also playing at Tampa Bay and at New Orleans week eight and week nine. I'd say, and that's kind of right smack in the middle of the season. So I'd say if they can grab some momentum from, from those games, maybe even a win, it doesn't even have to be a win. They can lose both, but if they kind of, if they still stay in those games, if they can grab some kind of momentum from either of those games, and take it into the latter half of the, of, of the season, I could I could definitely see the Ravens going over this nine and a half. But again, with where I'm at with the Ravens right now, preseason mode, that's where my mind is at still. I've got them going under that nine and a half at nine and eight. It's This is probably our biggest disagreement of the entire NFL. I, I think the Ravens are going to go to the Super Bowl. I swear to God. I like This team was the statistically most injured team in the history of the NFL last year. 
you think it's a crazy stat? It is. In terms of like snap expected snaps played, they had like their starters played like less than half of the snaps. It was crazy how injured this team was last year. They were down their top three running backs. Lamar only played half the season. And and obviously you had all the injuries on defense. You know, Jimmy Ward was out for a while, right? Um, uh, Peters, Marcus Peters, he was out for like, I think all the season or at least like three fourths of it. So the entire team was depleted and they still went eight, nine. Okay. Against a tough schedule in the AFC North. And they played the Packers tough and now they actually went to that game and they lost in overtime. It, they, this team was really good. Okay. But they didn't even have any of their players. So I am extremely high on the Ravens this season. I bet the crap out of their over nine and a half on the season win total for this year. I think they're going to win the division. I think it could easily be the number one seed. Yesterday's game against the Jets, they won easily. Okay. It looked a little weird in the first half because it was it was pouring rain. You had, you know, you got to kind of adjust to the run game and you know what you're going to do for this year. Cause there's so many guys, different guys and everything like that. And the jets actually played a little bit better on defense than I thought they would. You also have the benefit of Lamar Jackson, not only in a contract year, but also negotiating his own contract in a contract here. And he just turned down a $250 million contract with like $180 million guaranteed or whatever it was. You probably saw the notifications over the weekend this guy is out for blood. All right. Now he's still going to play for the team and he's, he's going to do great. Right. I think he could easily win the MVP again. I am, I am extremely high on the Ravens. They're just a solid organization. They're well coached. They're well run from top to bottom. They have all the players that they need and they have all their players back because they didn't have them last year. Uh, and so I, again, I just think that, you know, right. Given the schedule, the, the other teams, the AFC North, they're used to playing them. John Harbaugh is going to know exactly what to do. The rest of their schedule isn't even that tough. And so I love the Ravens this year. I, I think they could easily get like 13 wins. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty bold prediction from Matt there, but I do agree with that. It's just that that's really just relying on the fact that all of their players to stay healthy again, again, it's, it's likely that, not all of them will get hurt at the same time like they did like they did last year. But I mean, injuries are injuries, and you're gonna if you if you have injury prone guys, you're gonna have injuries either way. But yeah, I I could def I mean, if yeah, all their guys do stay healthy, I could definitely see them going pretty well over my nine and eight prediction. And Moving not even, the Browns, not even who- half their guys, right? Like if because if you think about it, if half the guys from last year's team don't get injured, that's half of that production that they have back. And the team from last year went eight and nine. You're telling me that half of that production that they get back, they're not going to win two more games with that, including obviously there's the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the league missing half the season. Of course they are. So that's kind of my logic around that is yes, Hayden's right. You know, there's very much a potential that they have a lot of guys go down again this year, but the importance of the guys who they lost just last year was the key to this thing. And the fact that they only, they went eight nine is you know basically 500 and they only have to win two more games this year to get their overseas and win total so that's kind of the logic there is like the amount of production they're getting back even if they do you know face injuries there's a lot this season it still overcompensates a lot more than just two wins i think all righty moving on to the browns the browns are also set at nine and a half wins in terms of their projection this season i've got the browns going eight and nine so i'm taking this under as well some key games that i have here are I have them losing to the Patriots in week six because I think the Patriots can probably pull out some kind of some kind of good game. And I, I mentioned this when I was talking about the Patriots earlier. I do have them losing to, to the Patriots in week six, but I could definitely see them winning that game as well. And then it's vice versa with the commanders in week 17. I have them winning against the commanders in week 17. 
17, but for some reason I can see them losing that game, even though they'll have Deshaun Watson at this point, I have some weird feeling that there's going to be something weird that happens with Deshaun Watson. He's probably going to come back in week 13, but I don't know there, or he might not, you never know. But I, I think I have this weird feeling that the whole Deshaun Watson thing just will not work out in Cleveland. So those are a couple, uh, a couple key games I have for them. I have them winning against the, the, you know, the commanders in week 17, but I could definitely see them losing the commanders. They looked, I mean, they looked really good yesterday. I'm not going to lie. They did play the Jags and they just beat the Jags. I think it was four points or, or six points maybe, but still, I mean, I mean, Carson Wentz, he threw for, I think over 300 yards and four touchdowns. He did have two picks, but that's a Carson Wentz game for you. I mean, he, he if, if he's playing, if he's playing well like that, you got to throw into a couple picks here and there because you got to balance out that, that car, Carson Wentz uh, curse there, I guess. But in terms of the Browns, I do have them going under with the eight and nine, not having Deshaun Watson until week 13. It's just, it's, and possibly not having him even then. Like I said, I, I think that can just be det- detrimental to their team. So, right, taking the under on the Browns. Me too. I mean, it's, you, you just don't know with this team. And, and you can only go so far with a backup quarterback. They made their gamble, and their gamble was to sign Deshaun Watson and, essentially just hope that his suspension isn't a full year. It turns out it's not a full year, but it's three fourths of a year, right? Well, kind of between half and three fourths. And and that's too much for them to be able to actually reconcile a winning record on a season that it just, it just has been crazy back and forth ever since the, ever since last season ended really, because it was, that was when we started, you know, the whole Baker Mayfield talk and what's going to happen. Oh, he's going to leave. He doesn't want to play there anymore. Well, they won't want a meter, right? They're, they're going to want someone else. And here they go. They get, they get Deshaun Watson, but he's not able to play. And, and right, you make an enemy of yourself because you've got a lot of stuff going on. And, the, you know, you're hoping that for the suspension, it's just, there's just too much going on around this program. And I think that they are well coached and they do have a lot of weapons. And, and you know, the defense is solid. They have great running backs. And, you know, we saw it on, on display yesterday against the Panthers, right, is they beat the Panthers but it required a 58 yard field goal from a rookie kicker. And in the last seconds of the game to beat the Panthers. And we talked about the Panthers in the A and the NFC win totals podcast, the Panthers win totals six and a half and the Browns is eight. And they probably should have lost that game to the Panthers. So they're just on par, I think with a six and a half, you know, win total projected team. Now I do think the Panthers are also going to go under that. So, you know, maybe even worse, but yeah, I don't think there's very much hope for the Browns this season, but I honestly, and it sounds bad, but I think they kind of almost expected it, right? They were just like, Hey, we're going to like basically just shove all our chips to the center of the table. We're going to sign to Sean Watson, whatever it ends up being, we're going to deal with it. And then going forward next year, we'll have him for the whole season. We're going to pay him all his money. And hopefully this ends up working out in kind of a replacement and upgrade from, from Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, which could be very well possible, but it's just not going to happen this year. So I get, I got the Browns going under. All right, moving on to the last team in the AFC North here. We've got the Steelers who are projected seven and a half wins. I've got the Steelers going nine and eight. So I've got them. I've got them at the over here. I, this is kind of banking on the fact that I do think that Kenny Pickett is going to come in at some point pretty soon here. Mitch Trubisky looked pretty bad against, um, against the Bengals yesterday. They somehow still pulled out that game though. Again, that was one of the craziest games I've ever seen in my life, probably second to the chiefs and bills game um, in the, in the playoffs last year, but I've got the Steelers going nine and eight. I'm, I, I believe in them. Uh, pretty pretty strongly this year. Some key games I have for them, I have them winning at Miami, but I could 
also see them dropping that game as well because, like I said, it's it's really tough to go and win in Miami. And then I've got them losing at Indianapolis, but I've also got the them beating the Raiders at home in week week sixteen. Like I mentioned in when I was talking about the Raiders, I I, I don't know. I I think the Steelers have a really good team this year, and they are one of those teams that just kind of pulls teams out of I mean pulls wins out of their butt, and then they kind of just lose against other teams that they that they shouldn't really lose to. It is always so fun to watch them um, in those divisional games, though. A lot of times, AFC North divisional games are right at the end of the season. And this, this probably doesn't happen this year, but they'll play the Browns in week 15 and then week 18. And it's like, dude, you got, you know, two weeks in between those two divisional games. But um, it's it's always fun at the end of the season to watch to watch the AFC North just go at it. And it's always a dogfight in that division. I'm taking kind of the middle ground here with the Steelers but I still am going over since they are set at seven and a half, which I think is a little bit shallow. So I'm, I'm taking the over. I mean, me too. It, again, we agree on a lot of these, but they're just a very well coached team. They're, they're the best stat out there, you know, that keeps getting repeated every year, but is very true is that Mike Tomlin in all of his years of coaching and forgive me, cause I kind of, I should have looked this up, but probably going on 10 years now, maybe even more uh, coaching the Steelers has never had a losing record. All right. And it's crazy because last year he was on the brink of having a losing record, but his team went, because again, with 17 games now, you go 16 year, you go, you know, right. You used to be able to go eight and eight and you don't have a losing record, quote unquote, but you go 500 last year. It's like, okay, he's finally going to go under 500 because, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was dying and whatever. They went eight, eight and one because they tied the Lions. So they still didn't have a losing season. Uh, and I, and I expect more of the same this year. I think, you know, Mike Tomlin, like I said, he's just a very solid coach. He knows his players. They always have such a good defense now tj watt obviously you know potentially would be out for the season and i mean he's the reigning defensive player of the year so there's kind of a lot riding on the fact that this defense might be a little bit worse obviously without tj watt but i mean on the whole we saw what minka fitzpatrick did yesterday he returns a pick six and then he blocks an extra point i mean this guy's just a freak athlete and like he's a star of their defense right so there's a lot going on for the steelers team that is looking positive but I think that it's mostly just, and Aiden kind of covered this too, it's like, it's it's kind of just the feel that everybody gets. It's like, oh, they're in the tough division with the Ravens who, you know, are, are going to be back this year. And the Bengals just went to the Super Bowl and the Browns have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but there's, there's inconsistencies with a lot, with uh, most of those teams, right? I think except for the, except for the Ravens. So I honestly expect the Steelers to be almost on par with the Bengals in terms of wins. I expect the Steelers to be nine and eight, 10 and seven. And again, whatever they end up doing at quarterback, because Mitch Trubisky, looked okay yesterday he didn't play great but he's a serviceable quarterback again remember he played for the bears all those years and they sucked but then once they had a good defense they went 10 and 7 or 10 and 6 and they made the playoffs and i think they were you know number the, the sixth seed or whatever um with trubisky as the quarterback for the whole season so if you you know if you kind of give him a team to play with then he's okay he just got stuck on the bears which every quarterback goes to die right and so you know now we see him on a different team and i think that's it's it's looking up a little bit for him whether they play kenny pickett or not i don't know but I don't know. I, I like the outlook on the Steelers here. I think they're going to be good. Uh, so give me the over for them as well. Alrighty, moving on to our last division of the day. We've got the AFC South. So the first team up here is the Colts and the Colts are projected 10 wins for this season. I've got the Colts going 11 and six. So I'm taking the over here. Some key games I want to, I want to point out are I've got them taking both games over the Jags and I've got them splitting games with the Titans and the Texans. And obviously now that can't happen because they tied the Texans yesterday, which was 
again, another crazy game. But again, I, I, I made these win totals based on what I thought would happen before the games yesterday. So that with that game, I guess the best that they could go now in terms of my win total would be uh, 10, six and one, but right. I've got them going 11 and six. I still believe that they can, that they can hit the over with this one. It just is going to be harder now that they tied the Jags. I mean, tied the, the Texans yesterday, but I've also got them beating the Broncos in Denver in week five, but I could also see them losing that. So be a little bit, uh, be a little bit wary of that. And then I also think that I think they play Philadelphia in week 13 or something like that. And for some reason, I just think that that game can be really good. I think that Philadelphia yesterday looked a little bit, their offense looked pretty good, but their defense looked pretty lackluster against, against the Lions yesterday. They only won by three points. They, they let the Lions put up 35 points on them. So I think that the Philadelphia defense is a little bit, uh, a little bit worse than a lot of people were thinking. Definitely worse than I thought that they were going to be. So I think that that Colts Eagles game can honestly be a, you know, a a shootout between two really good offenses. So yeah, I I would say just look out for that game. I honestly don't really know which way that game is going to go. I do. I think I have Philadelphia winning that game in my win total or factored into my win total but I could definitely see the Colts taking that game as well. I think the Colts are going to be really good this year. I have them at 11 and six at taking the over. No. And it's not cheating that I just saw their game yesterday and I thought they were going to go under. I had them under from the beginning. They they aren't as good as they were last year because, and even the year prior and even the year prior, because ever since Andrew Luck has left and obviously, yes, we didn't expect him to retire. You get Phillip rivers an aging quarterback who's yes an NFL veteran but but doesn't it was on his last leg with the prior team and then goes to the coat goes to the Colts and they're okay but they aren't that great fine the next year you get Carson Wentz who's on his third team by now he he was okay in Philly and and had that one good year but besides that has really sucked you see what happens to them last year and and that's what okay fine this year you get Matt Ryan. So it's like, you see, they just get like whatever veteran NFL quarterback is in free agency, but is kind of like on his last leg and they hope they can end up getting something from him. It's a viable strategy because you're at least not going with like a rookie. So yes, you're going to win more games than not, but you're not going to have a solidified NFL team. That's like, has put, put the potential to go on a playoff run. That running game is amazing. Okay. We all know Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL. Their offensive line is good. The defense is I would say it's better than average. Okay. There's not, you know, they don't have a great defense, but it's, it's serviceable and it can win them football games. And the fact that their D their division is, is definitely the worst in football. I mean, the Titans and the Jaguars and the, and the Texans are all definitely not going to be that great this year. Uh, and so it, it's, it's honestly taking me everything in me to not go under on all of the win totals for this whole division. Um, because I think this is going to be that bad, but so, yeah, I think the Colts will probably win the division. I don't even know because the Titans, they also looked like crap yesterday. So, you know, they were the only other competition. Um, I just don't think the Colts have what it takes. And I think that, again, you just need a quarterback that can bring you wins because Jonathan Taylor cannot win games on his own. He's going to try his best. Okay. He definitely is, especially with that performance uh, or a performance like that yesterday. But I mean, seriously, if you start, if you start off the season by tying the Texans, that's just shows me that. And I mean, if you watch any of that game, Matt Ryan is just a shell of his former self. He's a great quarterback, but he's been in the league for 16 years. All right. I wouldn't expect him to perform like, like he's, you know, fresh out of Boston college. So, so give me the Colts on the under here. 
it, it's tough to, I think a lot of people are high on the Colts, but if you just really look like take a step back and look at it from, you know, from a, a bird's eye view here, you can see that there's a lot of holes in this team. And despite having the worst division, we're playing in the worst division in football. I don't see them winning a lot of games and I, and I don't see them winning games that they're not supposed to be and winning games underdogs. So give me the under. All right. That's pretty interesting. I, th- I think the, t- the Texans are actually, I'm pretty high on the Texans this year. I mean, you may not think that according to my record that I have for them at the end of this episode, but I do think that the Texans are, are better than they were last year. They don't have a lot of talent, but they can, they can make plays on, on offense. Their defense is like, is just really a bunch of nobodies, but they can make plays on offense for sure. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit higher than Matt is on the Texans this year. So I think that that Colts game yesterday was just, I mean, maybe just a little bit of a, a first game fluke for them tying the Texans, but could be, could be whatever. All right. Moving on to the Texan. I mean, the Titans here, the Titans win total projection is set at nine. I have the Titans going eight and nine. I don't think the Titans are going to be even nearly as good as they were last year. I mean, they won the AFC last year, which was just crazy. I mean, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year, which was just, that definitely wasn't supposed to happen. Um, And so I think that this year they're really going to show that, right. That was probably just a fluke. I'm taking the under here with a eight and nine record. Some key games I have noted are they, I, I have them with the same division dynamic as the Colts. So I have them taking both games over the Jaguars and then splitting one game with the Colts and the Texans. Yeah. Essentially I have them starting off one and three, and I could also see them losing at Washington. I have them, I have them winning at Washington in week five um but i could also see them losing at washington to make it one and four as as a start to the season but they also do have a really really easy end to their schedule i have them going four and one in their last five games i think they have i think the only team that they play that's that is definitely going to have a a winning record is the rams in their final five games and so that's why that's who i have them losing to but their other four games are like the texans the Jets and like the Jaguars. And then I think, yeah, one other team that I'm forgetting about, but they have basically a bunch of divisional opponents in those last, last five games, which I think they're going to win. And I think most of those games are at home as well. So I do have the Titans going under, but um, I, yeah, it's just basically the beginning of their season is tough. And then the end of their season is, is pretty easy. So they're kind of middle of the line here for me, but since they're set at nine and I have them at eight and nine, I'm taking the under. The Titans are tough, right? Because you mentioned it, Hayden. They won. They got the number one seed in the AFC last year, but I think they were eleven and six, and they won it like on tiebreakers and stuff. So it it was kind of a fraudulent number one seed, right? I mean, now the the win total has decreased by uh, you know by two, right? So if they have a worse season than last year, they still go over their win total at you know at ten and seven, or they push at nine and eight. I I have a feeling this will kind of end up right around nine and eight because again, I just see. I see hope in this team, but I also just see, like Hayden said, there's just holes and it just doesn't seem like they've filled enough of those holes to be able to really boost their team from last year and compete with the teams in the AFC who have added a lot of pieces and are, are looking, you know, looking up to start, uh, to start the season. And so the other thing is too, you know, last year you go back, Derek Henry missed more than, I think more than half the season, they still got the one seat. So I keep going back and forth in my mind. I'm like, this Titans team is not going to be good. And then I think I'm like, dude, if Derrick Henry stays healthy the whole time, it won't really matter. If they've gotten number one seed in the AFC last year and he didn't play very much, they can easily do that this year, not get the number one seed, but at least go over their win total, right? To, to get to like 10 and seven. 
So I'm going to say over. Um, I'm not very confident in it. And because I, I like my brain says go under here, but my heart is just kind of like, dude, Derrick Henry's a beast. All right. So you got to, you got to give him his respect. Um, and so I think that, and again, Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. So in those games that, you know, they're not really supposed to win, they have, they always have a chance in those games. Now, obviously they lost the Giants yesterday, which they were heavy favorites to, to win, but I think the Giants are going to be a little bit better this year too. So it, it's tough on the Titans. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a slight over though. All right. Moving on to the Jaguars who are projected to win two more games in the Texans. I think that's a little bit criminal in my opinion, but the Jaguars are indeed projected to win six and a half games this year, which again, I don't really know why they have a better defense. Now, objectively, their offense is kind of still the same. They have Travis Etienne added. They also added Christian Kirk, who I think they, they used pretty well in yesterday's game against the commanders, but I, nonetheless, I still have the Jaguars going four and 13. So I'm taking the the pretty heavy under here, according to that six and a half game projection. Some key games I have here. Um, well, I did just to note, I did have them losing against the commanders uh, yesterday. So, yeah, so that happened. So that's kind of one of those games that um, that factors well into my my win projection here. But, yeah, I have them beating Dallas at home in week 15. I think I, I don't know. I mean, I basically the only way I, I can take the Jaguars over a team like Dallas, who is one of those teams that is looks pretty bad, but they're going to win. They're going to win a good amount of games nonetheless, just because they have, they have the talent on their team. Um, but I do have them beating Dallas at, at home in week 15, just because I don't know. I think that they can, they can pick up a game at home there. Um, I could see them maybe pulling off one against either the Colts or the Titans. Now, remember I have the Colts and the Titans, taking both games against Jaguars. I could see them winning one of those four games, probably not two of those four games, but I could see them winning one kind of fluke against the, the Colts or the Titans. And I also have the Jaguars splitting one and one with Houston. So I do have them having winning over Houston at home. Um, and then I have them losing at the Jets in week, week 16, but I could definitely see them winning that. That would still put them at five and 12 and under that six and a half. So I would say, I would say feel pretty comfortable with going under on this, on the six and a half. I feel extremely comfortable going under six and a half here. I bet this, the Jaguars are not a good team. They went two and 15 last year. The only thing that changed was a different coach. Doug Peterson is a good coach. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. I get it, but he can't do anything if the roster isn't good because the roster is not good. All right. Trevor Lawrence is a very hyped up prospect. He doesn't have a great team around him. So it's going to be tough to evaluate whether he's actually good or not. He wasn't good last year. He had more interceptions than touchdowns. He's probably going to be a little bit better this year, but he doesn't have the weapons that he needs to be able to succeed. And the offensive coaching staff, which has probably gotten better, but to some extent probably still stays the same. The defense is bad. We saw it yesterday. They allowed Carson Wentz to have like the best game of his life against them. They're not a good football team and and it's nothing against them. They just aren't good. And they never really are right. They had the number one pick in the draft this year. I think they could easily have the worst record in the league this year. I don't know why the win total six and a half. So I, like I said, I earlier, I, I bet this pretty heavily uh, at under six and a half. And, and there's not much to say other than like, I hope Trevor Lawrence like so something that he's actually not the problem there, but as of right now, I think he's just contributing to the problem. And again, he may be just 
like kind of what the Browns would always do to quarterbacks, where it's like they don't get a chance because they're in Cleveland and they're, 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 the team around them sucks. This is kind of the same, same situation with Trevor Lawrence, but I, we haven't seen the spark, I think, that we're looking for. Even Zach Wilson has shown moments. Justin Fields, they've both shown moments where, like, okay, this is a spectacular athlete who, if he gets a lot of coaching and, and, and training and stuff in the NFL, can do it at the highest level. Trevor Lawrence hasn't really had many of those moments. So I think the team goes as far as he does, which is not that far. And whatever he doesn't make up or whatever he can't do, the defense is definitely not going to help him out. And so I have the Jaguars going way under this total. All right. Last team of this episode and really of the whole, the whole NFL has been a been a pretty cool journey up to this point. But the last team that we have is a pretty underwhelming one. And that's the Texans. But like I said, I, I am pretty high on the Texans here. I do have them going over their four and a half win total. I have them going five and 12. Again, by the sound of their record that I have them going, it doesn't sound like I'm very high on them. But again, you can only be so high on the Texans. I do think that they're, I mean, that would be an improvement from last year. I, I think they won, I think they won four game, three or four games last year. So it would be an improvement from last year. But some key games that I have them, that I have for them here are, I have them splitting with everyone else in the division. So I have them splitting one and one with the Colts, uh, Titans and Jaguars. I could maybe see them taking both against the Jaguars, but I don't know. Like I said, if, if the Jaguars can take one against the Titans or the Colts, I don't think that the Texans are going to beat the Jaguars twice. I do have them losing at the Giants in, or at New York, I guess, but New York Giants in week 10. I think that the Giants, the Giants look pretty good. Yesterday, they got a win and everybody was super surprised. And they are one of those teams that if they do stay healthy, we haven't really seen their whole team healthy. And as much as I hate to say it, the Giants might be pretty good. If, they're, if their whole team stays healthy, they might be pretty good. Saquon looked amazing yesterday. I think he's going to take a lot of pressure off of Daniel Jones's shoulders. And maybe we'll see good old DJ down in uh, or up in New York play play a lot better than he has in past seasons just because he doesn't have to worry about take, carrying the team on his back, essentially, because he has Saquon in the backfield. If they, if they do stay healthy, I think the Giants would be a pretty good team. So I've got the Giants beating them and being the Texans in week 12. And I've also got the Texans being the commanders at home in week 11. That's another kind of wacky game that could go either way. But I do believe in the Texans to do it. And like I said, if you got Carson Wentz as, as your quarterback, um, you can always expect something to go haywire and. Uh, that might be one of those games that they have against the Texans. So have the Texans going five and 12, taking the slight over here. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I like the over. I think they might even get more than five wins. It's it's just one of those things that like, I, I think like, okay, so Lovey Smith is going to be their head coach, right? Who he was the head coach of the Bears, you know, for the, for the most of the 2000s kind of, and led them to a Super Bowl. He coached the Buccaneers after that, and they were okay. He's a good football coach. And it's his first year, sure, but he's taking over a roster that I think everybody just kind of forgets about just because they've been so bad uh, for so long. And again, you, you got to think about it. Sean Watson, in his last season with the Texans, was, I think, led the league in passing and, like, had all these crazy stats, and the team went 4-12. and Okay. Then the year after he leaves, he's still on the team, by the way, he just isn't playing for the team. And I think they also went four and 12. And so then he leaves. And I think that is kind of the, the turning point on the Texans season for, or like going, just going into this season, but giving them kind of the outlook that they need, which is this whole Deshaun Watson thing is finally done with. Okay. He's gone. He's out of here. We can just start fresh. We got Davis Mills, who we didn't think would even be the quarterback, but he's, he's in there and he's actually pretty good. Right. He's at least better than a lot of people thought he was. 
Brandon Cooks is a really good receiver. He gets over a thousand yards every year, regardless of who the quarterback is. He's a great receiver. Damian Pierce, he's a rookie running back. Nobody knew about him, but everybody does now because he showed off in the preseason. He played well yesterday. And so, and the defense is not that great, but again, they're playing in the worst division in football. And so you got some options here. Okay. You got some options for some wins. And I think they're going to surprise people. And I think that people are going to like the, the other teams that are playing them are just going to assume that they're going to win against the Texans. But I think the Texans are going to put up a fight. Um, and, and I, and I do think that they have some, you know, a little bit of a positive outlook on the season. I don't think they're going to crush the win total by any means, but if I had to choose a sign, I'd, I'd go over. And a lot of the people I I've, I've you know, listened to a lot of stuff on each of these teams, obviously. And a lot of people do like the Texans to at least be better than they were last season. Because who would? I mean, again, it's like they didn't lose anybody. They they kind of just stayed the same team, and they obviously had all the Deshaun Watson stuff going on last year too. So now they get rid of that. They bring the team back. Everybody knows what they're playing. They know what they got. They got a good coach, you know, who's ready to be there for his guys. So I, I have a positive outlook on the Texans this year. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. Although I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe get a little craziness somewhere happens here. Cause you know, the Jags are going to be terrible. All right. They're definitely going to beat the Jags. So um, the Texans are at least going to come in third in the division, but I do think they go over the four and a half win total. Yeah, I agree. I, um, it, it felt very weird talking about the Jaguars before the Texans, just because we were going by win total projections in order of, of increasing the decreasing or I guess greatest to least, but yeah, it, it felt a little bit weird to talk about the Jaguars before the Texans. That's why I got a little mixed up there. But with that being said, that is uh, that is the conclusion of our NFL win totals episode number two. But also, if you put both of the episodes together, it's it's the end of the cohesive unit that makes up all 32 NFL teams. We've gone through each one. I hope you guys listen to your favorite team and, and listen to our um, to our projections on them. If we did disrespect your team in any way, I'm sorry, but uh, but yeah, but also if 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 you do have a if you are a fan of a team like the Chargers or something like that, I've got them going 12 and five. Matt isn't too hype on them, but I've got them going pretty pretty well over their win total projection. So you know there there's that too. It probably goes either way. But if you're still listening to this, thank you so much. Appreciate the support. Um, again, the new kind of format for our for when our episodes are going to come out is going to be monday and thursday or it might fluctuate between or it might be like a tuesday and a friday or something like that but it it, it is going to be during the week we're not we're going to plan on not doing any episodes saturday or sunday because again those days are just so busy for matt and i especially now during during football season because it's football season you know nobody really wants to listen to a podcast anyway on the weekend like matt said so that's how we're going to be doing it from here on out. Hope you guys aren't, uh, hope you guys aren't too mad about that, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely still get those two episodes per week out to you guys. And again, like Matt said, our next episode really on, on Thursday is going to start our kind of freelance episodes where we just talk about anything and everything. We don't really have much of a plan, but you best believe we're going to get the, get the content out to you guys and, um, and talk about a lot of, a lot of different things, not just football, but, focusing on football obviously because it's football season but yeah super stoked for that hope you guys enjoyed the episode hope you guys enjoyed the kind of preseason football series that we had of those four episodes this concludes that so again yeah thank you guys for for listening to this as well and we will catch you on thursday